Hi, this is Vernon Kay, and welcome to the England Rugby Podcast with Auto Inside Line, where, if you don't know by now, come on, we take you behind the scenes with exclusive England rugby content. We're coming to you from the England camp after the weekend's match with France, and joining me, we have... My parents, when it, when it came to education, they, they did not play around at all. Yes, it's England's Marawatoji. <laughs> if, I, if I didn't do my degree, I don't even know, but my parents would be so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> they, they wouldn't Ollie ca- knows he's playing rugby. <laughs> they would be he's so not an educated boy. <laughs> they would be so embarrassed. We hear Vicky Cornborough's rugby journey. I am a ball-carrying prop. I like to get involved in the game and I'm a big workhorse. And my fellow podcast presenter, Will Greenwood, takes the Three Tracks Challenge. I remember warming up at Ellis Park with Dawson and Healy before Bentley scored that try. It was a packed house. And we led the crowd to Wonderwall before the game in the warm-up. It's a pleasure to welcome Maro Atorji uh, to the podcast. How are you feeling? I feel good, thank you. Let's talk about growing up in Edgware. What was that like for you as a kid? Yeah, it was cool. Um, it was good. Um, first couple of years I was in Cricklewood, then we moved to Edgware. as rich where my family home is still today. Um, and it was good, you know, I had a, had, had a very good good upbringing and um, I had a good good structure around me, so it was, it was, it was a fun. And where did your interest in... Not necessarily rugby, but sport, because you were good at all sports, right, as a kid. Basketball, <laughs> football, rugby. Yeah, I was I was all right at football. Um I was always had a like a height advantage on on my peers. I was very skinny. <laughs> yep, we can all relate to that, my friend. <laughs> I was very skinny. I still think I was quite strong, but I was I was very skinny, so I had to bulk out a little bit. And what was the transition like going from North London to um private school St George's? So my brother went to the school in Harpenden before I did. So my brother's only a year older than me. So I was itching, itching to go. I was left at home. We did like everything together. He's gone off to boarding school. So I was, I was really excited to go, and I actually enjoyed it. I was, I was l- lucky enough to have um, people in my age group. Until today, they're still one of my best friends. Oh, that's nice. So it was like having a sleepover all the time with, <laughs> with, with your best mates. Back in those days, we had seven people in the dormitory. So it was it was chaos. I can't imagine sleeping with seven people in the, in the same room as me now. The fact that your old school friends are your best friends, is that part of what keeps you grounded? Because oh. you you're, you have this, whenever we see Maro around camp, you're always smiling. You never look like anything's going to get you down. Is it is it because your mates keep you grounded, your parents, uh, your family keep yeah, you Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I'm, I'm lucky to have, you know, a lot of good people around me. My friends don't see me as this rugby player or whatever. They see me as just Maro, the same guy they've known since 11 years old, which is, you know, which, which I find helpful and is good. And I know that I can always, always trust them. What was it like being uh, signed to Saracens? I got told on the 11th of October, 2013. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and approximately? 2013, 2012, I think it was actually. Approximately 11 o'clock. <laughs> um, you are passionate about your Nigerian heritage. I am, I am indeed. And you've studied African and Asian studies Degree. I, I, studied, to a degree. I, stu- I studied politics at the School of Oriental and African Studies, yeah. Let's talk about you and your degree. How did you get away with doing a degree without people knowing that you were Maro Toju plays rugby for Saracens in England? <laughs> well, first couple of years I was I was fairly anonymous. Did you sign on as Maro Toju? 
I signed on as Ogadema Right, okay. <laughs> uh, my first couple of years, I was anonymous. I was, I was only really playing for Saracens um, first two years. So you, you could pretty much still go under the radar. Maybe only a couple of my tutors or lecturers knew, but it wasn't wasn't a real massive thing. Um, but I did notice a big difference in my third year when I started playing for England. I started to get a lot more looks, a lot more stares and a lot more people approaching me. Um, did a leaflet I, yeah. end up on your desk saying, join the uh, <laughs> university rugby team? I did get a couple of <laughs> requests. Um, but yeah, it was it was actually okay. Um, SOAS is, is a great uni, but academics is their thing. Um, it's not really that into sports or mm. those kind of activities like that. So I was still... If I was, if I went to a uni like Loughborough or Leicester or, or Nottingham, I think it would have been a lot harder. But it was still, still fairly, fairly good. And is there a reason why you studied African politics? Is there a story behind that? Uh, yeah. So, so my degree was uh, was a politics degree, and um, you had the option of to direct your your course of study. My family are from Nigeria. I'm from Nigeria, so I've always had that that connection. Um, but also, I think if you look at the curriculum at most schools in the, in this country, they give you a very narrow view of what Africa is about. Um, if I look back at my schooling time, I think the only two times that Africa was even mentioned was either aid or the transatlantic slave trade. And I think that gives a very narrow picture of what what the continent is, is is truly about. Personally, for myself, as I knew, that's where I originated from. I wanted to know more about the continent, um, know what's going on there, and to gain deeper understanding and knowledge for myself. And it, it ended up being a great fit. I bet your parents were proud, though, right? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Like... Nigerian parents are very strict when it comes to Well, I, I, I know this because <laughs> the American football team that I played for in South London, the majority of the lads were from Nigeria. So I know all about fancy luggage. I know, <laughs> I know all about pounded yam. Uh, and, and how strict Nigerian yeah, parents yeah. are. Um, my parents, when it, when it came to education, they, they did not play around at all it was um it was fairly firm and if i if i didn't do my degree i don't even know my, my parents would be so embarrassed <laughs> they, they wouldn't all he does is play with me <laughs> they would be he's so got embarrassed. an educated boy <laughs> they'd be so embarrassed they, they, they'll be like what am i going to tell my friends <laughs> <laughs> he just runs around the field for a living. that's all he does so um now that i've got that the, I, I, I can do what i want does your mum have a picture of you uh, getting your degree on, on the mantelpiece so in the hallway? I graduated um, last year, so I finished in August. But because of last year's tour um, to New Zealand, I had to delay my exam. So I delayed it after the official graduation um, ceremony day. So I actually haven't done that yet. But I've got the certificate. The certificate's <laughs> up there. All being equal, um, I should be doing going to the ceremony this in July this year. So, Oh, that's good. Yeah, hopefully I'll get the picture. I'm sure you'll see it somewhere. Perfect. <laughs> Hi, this is Sam Underhill, and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. Thanks, Sam. And if you didn't hear Sam in last week's podcast, make sure you check it out. He's a very interesting chap, as well as an absolute unit.
We've also had Jack Knoll, Dan Cole, Jonathan Joseph and many more on the podcast. So do make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Aircast and listen back to those interviews. We'll be back with Mario Tozzi shortly after last week's host of the England Rugby podcast, Will Greenwood, takes a three tracks challenge. Take it away, Will. These are my three tracks. I will go for anything to do with Neil Diamond, but let's focus down on Sweet Caroline. My wife is called Caroline, and I had the opportunity to lead 85,000 people at the World Cup opening ceremony in 2015 in one giant karaoke with me, tone deaf, on the centre spot, getting everyone singing. So why else do I like Neil Diamond? All my tables at my wedding were all named after Neil Diamond songs. seen him in concert many times. Sad to hear he won't be doing too many more tours. Up second, um, as a northerner, as a monkey from Manchester, it would have to be Oasis. And with that, I'll nail it down to Wonderwall, particularly a 1997 Lion song. I remember warming up at Ellis Park with Dawson and Healy before Bentley scored that try. It was a packed house. And we led the crowd to Wonderwall before the game in the warm-up when we were supposed to be concentrating on rugby and Jim Telfer was chasing us around the pitch. And then finally, my third song, I'm going to go classical. I'm going to go Ness and Dorma because away from playing, football has given me my greatest moments. Being behind the goal when Aguero scored that goal against QPR. But actually, I go back to being a 17-year-old in 1990 at school when David Platt scored that goal from Gaza's cross and Ness and Dorma and then Lineker have a word when Gaza got the second booking in the semi-final and knew he couldn't play in the final, even if we won, just brings back to me why I love sports so much. So, what have I gone with? Neil Diamond, Sweet Caroline. I've gone second up with Oasis and Wonderwall and I've finished it off with the three tenors, specifically Pavarotti smashing it out with Ness and Dorma. Back now to the second part of my chat with Maro Torji. Now, you collect art? I do this. What's more time, more time, but yeah, collect that. But yeah. that's important, right? To kind of step away from the game. Yeah, so it's um, I collect African art, right? So, Any in particular? Give give us some some names that we should look out for in African art because um, I'm not akin to African art. I'll be honest with you. I've got a few from Ola Hemzi. Ola Hemzi is is a Nigerian artist. Haribo, not <laughs> it's, it's not Haribo. Kids like Haribo. <laughs> it's not Haribo the sweet. <laughs> it's Haribo the artist, another Nigerian artist. Um, it all started from when I moved into my my apartment. So when I moved into my apartment, I wanted to decorate it, but I wanted to like do something a bit like bit of me, a bit of my style. Yeah, so, personal. Um, when I went to Nigeria, I went with my mum to the art market in in Lekki in Lagos, and um, we picked up a couple pieces. And ever since then, every time I go back, I just collect a few bits more. Nice. And now I've got too much art. <laughs> I don't you have can never more. have too much. I don't have so maybe when I move into somewhere a little bit bigger, we'll, we'll fill out the place. And what kind of music? If we were go to go round to the Atoji pad, yeah, and we walk in and we see the art on the wall, we press play on your MP3 player. What would we hear? <laughs> MP3, well, or whatever uh, it is. <laughs> I don't know these days. Whatever you're streaming, I was gonna. I was this close to saying CD player. I'll be honest with you, but the kids don't use CD players anymore. So if we were, all right, if we were to download or stream, or if we were to go to your um, streaming service of choice, shall we say, what would we hear? What What do you listen to? Um, so I have a couple of uh, genres that I I mainly stick to. So the first one is Afrobeats. That's mainly African music. Um, 
normally have some kind of hip hop twist to it. So um, people like Davido, Wizkid, or those kind of guys. And I also listen to a lot of like rap, hip hop, R and B um, at the moment. Migos probably is what I'm what I'm listening to most. Probably that pregame as well. Um, then I've got like '90s R and B, which is like don't we all <laughs> boys to men. <laughs> that's that's it. Voice to Men, New Edition, a little bit of R. Kelly, uh, all all that kind of stuff. I got some even older stuff than that. So like Motown and Barry White. Uh, all oh, it's definitely of, a single man's pad. <laughs> <sighs> Hi, welcome to the Adorchi <laughs> Palace of Love. <laughs> Whacking on the key sweat. I know <laughs> your sweat, game. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, are you a follower of fashion and trends, or do you, you just kind of yourself? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. People always say that my style is a little bit different, um, but yeah, I, I, I do, I do like that kind of stuff. When I told my daughters that I was interviewing you today, I said it's the guy who sits on the bench with the dog, and they're like, <laughs> "No way!" <laughs> so there you go. You've made an impact on my two daughters already. All right. Well, we're going to ask you some quick fire questions, Maro. Are you ready for these? All right. All right, good luck. If you could hear only one music track ever again, what would it be and why? I'll go Davido um, 4. The reason why uh, reminds me of home, reminds me of Nigeria. Um, How often do you go to Nigeria? Uh, I try and go at least once a year. Right. Once a year in the off-season. It's, it's, it's become a bit more difficult in recent years because of you know professional commitments, mm. but at least once a year. All right, what profession other than yours would you like to attempt? I wouldn't mind being an NBA player. Nice. Yeah. Who's your favourite team? I don't really have a favourite team. Have I'm you, have I'm you, have you seen basketball live? I have, when they've come to the O2. I don't really have, I'm a bit of a glory hunter. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I'm a bit of a glory hunter when it comes to basketball. I just uh, support whoever's whoever's winning. If you pick out a couple of individuals, like James Harden. Um, you got to admire Steph Curry. Yeah, Steph Curry. He's, he's a he's joke. Good. I like, actually like Draymond Green. Right. Uh, I like We're not even mentioned LeBron. <laughs> But that goes without saying. Yeah, of course it goes. It goes. That's saying. a given. Um, what's your best trivia fact? Uh, I've got one. I don't know if it's a fact though, but I think. Do you know what ahoy means? No. Do you know where ahoy comes from? Ahoy, no. Do you know where hello came from? Yes. Where did it come from? Ahoy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so apparently, you might have to fact check this, but I heard that hello has come from ahoy when they first started. Um, you know, making calls is you say ahoy then hello is an adaption of ahoy oh nice there you go I like that uh, who would play you in a movie a young Will Smith or young Denzel Washington I like that <laughs> what are you scared of lions attacking me <laughs> <laughs> like that happens on a regular <laughs> daily basis what advice would you give the 12 year old Mario Toji Keep on doing what you're doing. You'll be all right. Yeah, nice. <laughs> what makes you laugh? Or who makes you laugh in the England team? James Haskell makes me laugh. I do love him. <laughs> he talks an awful lot of nonsense, but uh, he is funny as well. He really is. Hi, I'm Vicky Cornborough and I am an England loosehead prop. Uh, I first got into rugby at a young age. I was five. I started playing at Portsmouth Rugby Club and I joined because my older brother and sister played. Describing myself as a rugby player, I am a ball carrying prop. I like to get involved in the game and I'm a big workhorse. My biggest achievement today is playing in the World Cup final. 
I have learned that you need to be confrontational on the uh, on the pitch and you need accuracy and buy-in with the rest of the team. My hopes for the future, I want to get to the next World Cup. Thanks, Vicky. Time for part three of our chat with England's Marwa Torji. How do you make that transition from uh, the lovely, pleasant, approachable Marwa Torji to the Marwa Torji that we see on the field? Because on the field, you're a physical dominant force. You know, people are scared to run towards you. You're a very hard tackler. How do you make that transition psychologically? Where is there a is there an Atorji switch? <laughs> um, I feel as if like you know rugby is a very emotional game. Um, it's I I don't know many players who play rugby like devoid of of any any emotion. It's often the case that every game you play, it's, whether it's in the Premiership or international rugby, tends to be a big big game and a big occasion it was actually quite easy to get yourself up for games and to play rugby you have to be in the right mindset to, to do it and, and obviously my, my skills lie in like the contact area um, we noticed that <laughs> set piece <laughs> not so much of passing the ball from side to side or anything like that or running around players so that's why I need to try and get an advantage Now when you were making the transformation from England under 17s through Saracens into the England senior group there was a massive buzz about you as an athlete did you realise at the time how excited England rugby fans were but not just England rugby fans but people who liked a lot of other sports because I know for a fact the NFL were quite kind of thinking this Mario Torji guy can play any position in the NFL did you use your friends at school that managed to keep you grounded. Did you get a sense of the excitement about you making the England senior squad and, and progressing? Um, yeah, I, I remember the, like the day that I got called up into the Six Nations um, squad and uh, I, my phone was buzzing for the whole day. I probably needed a secretary. I'm, I'm sure there's people still waiting for me to respond <laughs> to their messages. Um, so I kind of got the picture from that. But again, I think I've been quite fortunate. Um, day Day-to-day wise, um, life hasn't changed that much. I'm still going to the same training ground at the same club. You know, I still got my family around me. Um, I still have majority of my friends are, are the same. I found that being quite helpful and, you know, puts a bit of perspective on, on things. Right. Well, we're coming to the end of uh, the Six Nations. We've got one more game to play against Ireland. Two back-to-back defeats has been a real stark contrast for this England squad. How do you personally take that and move on? Yeah, so obviously it's been you know incredibly disappointing um, losing the last two games. Um, with you know with the quality of coaches we have, you know the quality of staff, playing staff that we have, we we shouldn't have um, been in the position that we we have been. But um, it's part of our journey now. It's part of um, it's part of our story um, and it's it's important that we know the reasons why we've lost the last two games and we we build from it and um, and make sure that th- these sort of occasions don't don't happen again but I think the the, the most important thing is that we learn from what has happened mm. um, and if we do that, it will be worthwhile in the long run. Maro, thank you very much for joining uh, us. No really worries. appreciate it. It's nice to get me. an insight into the man, the myth, the legend. Appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you very much. So there you go, Maro Torji. You've been listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. 
Don't forget to check out the official England Rugby social channels on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram for more content. And if you've got time, head to iTunes to review this podcast. Go on, give us a good review. You know you want to. DW34567, give us a review. And they wrote, if you love English rugby, you'll absolutely need to listen to this. Thanks, DW. Appreciate that. And thanks also to Maro Atoji, Will Greenwood and Vicky Cornborough. We'll be back next week as the Six Nations come to a close. Hopefully, you'll join us then.